You're listening to Making a Druid, a Nancy Drew podcast. Welcome back, my Druids, to a new episode of Making a Druid, Tom's version. Um, (laughs) My name is Allie, and I am joined, as usual, by my BFF, Teresa. Hi, everyone. (laughs) And um, I just need everyone to know that I was today years old when I figured out that the titles of these episodes are dot, 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 and something, because it's supposed to be Tom Swift and Nine Inches of Danger. Tom Swift and blah blah and I'm like oh well that makes sense yes so for all of you listening out there I'm apparently an (laughs) idiot because I just was wondering like why is it and with an ellipse I don't understand and now I know it's because it's supposed to be like the titles of books Tom Swift and nine inches I'm I'm an idiot listen well okay you're not an idiot because it I mean, it took me a bit, but... Well, I... Okay, so in my defense, the last time I watched a show that named their episodes in this kind of way was Monk, but they actually put Mr. Monk and, or Mr. Monk goes to the dentist, or... You know what I mean? Like, they actually said Mr. Monk. So yeah. I I appreciate the brevity of not including Tom Swift each time. However... I am a dum-dum. It's, I don't think it's dumb. I think a lot of people don't know the actual grammatical usage of the ellipses in most instances. Well, I know the grammatical usage of the ellipses. I just, it never (laughs) occurred to me. I just thought they were titling their episodes and nine inches of danger. I don't know. Like, I just. I do think it's fun because the, the references of, Oh, and the the nine inches of danger or whatever are very much reminiscent of like middle grade YA either mystery novels or fantasy novels. And I think <clears throat> it's really fun. But yeah. um, I guess social media has just ruined me so that now <laughs> when I see an ellipsis, I just, you know, when people will write tweets, they'll be like ellipsis. Okay. Like <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Okay. It's like instead of what it's actually supposed to be, people now use the ellipsis as like a pause. Pause. Like yeah. a dramatic pause. And so now I've been reading all these titles like thinking it's all dramatic pause and nine inches of danger. Like, I mean, it could be it could be a, like a double meaning of like dramatic pause because we know Tom Swift is a drama queen as he is called one in this episode. And maybe that also contributed to why <laughs> I was interpreting that way because um, I was just like this is these are really dramatic show titles. That checks. That checks. That it checks. does. It, it, it vibes with the show. <laughs> All right. So this week we are uh talking about episode 3, season 1 episode 3 of Tom Swift. But first, let's go over what happened last time on Tom Swift. So previously on the show, Tom and the crew needed to sneak onto the Darby estate in order to retrieve the first major component in the capsule his dad has sent to Earth. However, the Darbys are awful, awful homophobic people who are jealous of Tom and his family, so they refused permission for him to do so. 
So in desperation, Tom, Z, and Isaac go anyways and are able to retrieve the uh, the package or the, you know, the piece of the shuttle while also making some sort of truce with the Darby kid. But Teresa and I don't forgive him, which is fine, but... I don't. <laughs> elsewhere last episode, Lorraine's friendship with Claire was tested when the latter inadvertently stumbled onto a product that makes Lorraine susceptible to suggestion. Tested is an interesting word there. <laughs> Listen, she it was a test. It was a test, and then we find out in this episode she failed it, okay? So we'll, we'll get there. <sighs> And lastly, the congressman Eccles is having a party and Tom and Isaac realize that Barclay has not only been compromised, but it was all thanks to Rowan. Beautiful, beautiful Rowan. (laughs) Beautiful, but deadly Rowan. But think about it. What a way to go. What a way to go. What a way to go. All right. So let's get into this week's episode. Episode three. Tom Swift and Nine Inches of Danger. Do you see how I still did the dramatic pulse? I think it's very fitting. Thank you. I I appreciate that. So Tom wakes up and the first thing I noticed in this episode was that he was still wearing the same sweater from the end of, which I know it's because he fell asleep in it, but still it was staggering to see him in an outfit that was the same outfit. Like, I don't know that we ever see that. Like, he's always in a he different outfit. He is an outfit repeater, ladies and gentlemen, and non-binary, non-gender conforming folks. It, it is startling to my senses. I was like, what? He's in the same same shirt. What 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 is this Nancy Drew stuff? Yeah, it did feel very... Um, but I think it added... I think it was really interesting to start that way because you will immediately start with a sense of urgency because he's he's not like off kilter he's off kilter um and this whole episode is like that the pacing and the tension is like in the entire episode and I think I was like wow they really set up from straight from the beginning with him like springing to his feet in the same outfit so against Tom Swift like it's against his nature he he wasn't being his casual cool outfit for every occasion self yeah it was was so strange he's usually like he usually struts into a room and and like he started the episode literally like spazzing into a room (laughs) yeah it, it was interesting but he had been running some tests on barclay he realizes that barclay is very close to being like 100% compromised and then all of his data will be available to Rowan, the congressman, and the way back. And so um, Isaac suggests rebooting him. And Tom is like, absolutely not, which we How talked dare. about last episode. Um, Tom really thinks of Barclay. And this really came through even more this episode. He really thinks of Barclay as his best friend. Like uh, him, he, Barclay and Z are, you know, his, best. his besties. And so that. We talked about it last week, but I felt like it was even more predominant this week. Especially at the beginning when you think about um, like how offended he was at the idea of of Barclay coming back different. Barclay like, was too. And and it He's just like, shows- Thanks for the lobotomy suggestion. Yeah. And I think it just, it gives Barclay one kind of a more, 
humane personality, like even from before, like we said from the very beginning, and I think a lot of it had to do with the backdoor pilot. They did a really good job of displaying Barclay as a character more than like a gadget being used. Um, but, and we said like, yeah, Barclay isn't a gadget. He's not part of our gadget count because he's, he's an important character to the show. Like he's important to the cast. Um, and this was really like, it really kind of gave him humanity in a way we hadn't seen before because he joked and you saw how much Tom cared for him. And it's almost like reciprocated, right? That like Barclay cares not only for his own person, but for Tom as well. And how like, they're both really offended for each other. We're like, he's my best friend. Like Barclay is really Tom's first real friend that he created in his garage. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I mean, yeah, and it really sets up this whole, like, um, like you said earlier, tension for the episode. Yeah. Because, like, you don't want to lose Barclay, but also, if Barclay, Barclay is compromised, then the enemy is going to know not only that his dad is alive, but where to find huh. the pieces to locate his dad. And then, and it, and it becomes, like, a theme later in the episode, right? Um, especially with Rowan and tom but like who's more worthy of sacrifice barclay or his dad and that comes into question really really early of like who are you willing to let go who are you willing to put in danger for one or the other see but i kind of grouped barclay and his dad together in this episode and it was barclay and his dad were in one basket and the company was in the, was other. In the other basket because technically what he ends up letting go is the company. Co- company. Right? And I and I think that's valid. And that has also- nothing to do with his dad's safety. Whereas no. Barclay was about his dad's safety. So and I so that's why I took it as in like he could have easily just say like disabled Barclay and saved his dad, but he's he was unwilling to compromise one or the other. So like in, in an instance, like in the, later in this episode, it almost felt like he sacrificed his relationship with his mom in order to save Barclay and, and not really, but like, I like at the end, you kind of saw like, oh yeah, no, that's going to be an issue later on. There's going to be tension between Lorraine and Tom. Well, for sure. But we'll get there. Yeah, so- we'll get there. After the opening, we see Lino, and this scene really, like, made me sad. So Lino was participating in a fencing competition. Um, He's doing really well. He seems to have some sort of, uh, I put superhero ability that's helping him win. Uh, He wants Tom's attention while he's playing. Like, he keeps looking over to Tom in the stand, and Tom is, of course, preoccupied. He has a lot on his mind. Uh, but Lino is really let down that, you know, he doesn't have Tom's support, so to seem, right? Uh, he and- does win. He sets a new record. Um, and even though Tom was preoccupied, he does have Isaac and Z, who, you know, are over there being cute and um, giving him guidance and, like, yeah, him up and stuff like that. It was really interesting, yeah. right? Because we're seeing Tom put himself in the position of, like, his dad and like trying to juggle all of these responsibilities uh-huh. and what it meant. And so we saw he's now the caretaker. Now he's the caretaker and it often means sacrificing certain things. And in this case, what he usually would have done, I'm assuming given the disappointment and, and his face was that like Tom would usually clap and be there for him and be present. 
Mm-hmm. But he couldn't be because he has so many other things to do. And I'm assuming Barton's the same way, right? Where he would want to be there for Tom the way a dad would be for, there for his son, except he has a billion dollar company to run and all of those responsibilities. Yep. So it's really he's interesting. Yeah, he's a CEO. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of funny to see um, Tom being his dad in a way that like, I think people aren't giving him credit for because it keeps saying that he's a disappointment. Barton would be disappointed. Like you're not living up to your dad's legacy, except in this moment he is and not in a good way. It's true. It's true. And this is just an all around sad scene for Lino. Like, because he doesn't seem really excited to be winning. Tom's not being really supportive. He tries to be sportsmanlike, and the other dude won't even shake his hand. And I watched this uh, this scene, and I was like, man, this is going to be a rough episode for Lena. But and also, you- the superhero thing is going to come back around. I, I, yeah, I was like, obviously, that's a thing. Um, and, and it kind of puts an, an interesting um, point of view, because we know it's in the same universe as Nancy Drew, and they have so many paranormal, supernatural things. Yeah. And how they're they're adapting a sci-fi version of that by going with superpowers instead of magic um, to kind of parallel the otherworldliness of this universe. And I'm really excited to see what they do with that because... Well, I actually, I'm not going to lie to you, my first instinct when I saw the the superhero agility thing was, did Tom make him a special mask? Like, I thought my mind went to technology. I was like, did Tom make him something that's going to help him be better at recognizing that? That was my first instinct, too, when I saw the initial, like, blue lightning going across the arm. But then when he took off his mask and you saw his face, I was just like, I don't think that's it. Because he he would know if it was technology. I still thought it was. I thought it was his mask. I didn't think it might be something other than technology until the end when you realize it's genetic. And then I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's different. (laughs) That's unusual. Yeah, I did. I did think that he was like, I was like, are they going to make him a cyborg? Is that going to be a thing? Is that why they adopted him? I mean, that would be really cool. Um, and there's still a possibility they, they are going that route. We don't know because we don't know what happened with his, with Lino's, uh, biological mother, which is Lorraine's sister. Um, and we're not going to talk about her because we're going to talk about her during predictions. Yes, we are. But like, I think it's just so interesting, um, because it is a, a very Tom Swift adaption of the universe that's already been created. Yeah. It was, it was just, it was an interesting little scene. I felt like, um, this whole episode was a bunch of interesting little scenes, uh, like pushed together. Like even when I get further down in my notes to like the summit, which was a large portion of the episode, there's like, I've got it divided up into little sections because there were so many, many scenes within the summits, but we'll we'll get there. So um, back at Swift Enterprises, Lorraine is telling Tom that he's going to be co-hosting the animal annual summit with Claire, um, whereas Tom thought he was just making an appearance. Um, but she says that Susanna Robb is attending. So she is a huge investor for the company. Uh, we, learn out, we learn later that she is an heiress. Her, both of her parents died and she took over their company 
and made them made the company even more successful since she has taken over the company. So, Did- so she's kind of like a slightly older what could be Tom. Is he? Is she did, they didn't they say she was as, only 22? How old yeah. is Tom then? Well, Tom graduated MIT when he was young, like before 18. Yeah, but I thought he was like 1920 when we saw him in Nancy Drew. And this is like three years in the future, right? Three, four years. I thought he was like 23, maybe. 24. Or but maybe I, they're the same age. Her parents just died longer ago. Yeah, because they mentioned her parents died when she was 16 and she like grew the, by the time she was 18, it was worth like three times what it was when her parents were around. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but the minute they were like this 22 year old heiress who's super, I was just like, she's fishy. There's something about her I don't like already and I haven't even seen her face. (laughs) I'm laughing because I liked her. I'm sure I'm sure she's great like I I I did and we'll get more into her in a little bit yeah and like I think she's gonna be this isn't really a prediction I don't really predict much about her but I do think she's gonna come back I did put her in my predictions um but I was just like I looked I was like "Mm." see because I don't think she's going to be a foil in the traditional sense to Tom, I think, you know what? We'll get there. All right. So uh, she's attending the summit and Lorraine wants Tom to build a new device that Barton had started. uh, That's pin shaped. It's going to like change the champagne and make it like really delicious. It's another um, gadget. It's another gadget uh, of um, Barton's. So this is like the first time we've kind of seen like a Barton gadget. Like cuz so far all the Swift stuff we've seen has been designed and created by Tom. Yeah, and it's almost like and it conceived, right? Like he thought of the idea, he designed it, he created it, he executed it to the end. He then showed everybody and then they like replicated it to like a mass degree. This is something that was conceived and designed by Barton, but brought to life by Tom. Yeah. And I think it's it's fascinating because they tell us Barton's a genius, but we haven't really seen it because everything- Yeah, yeah, that's what I, yeah, that's what I meant. Like, we, we know theoretically that he also is smart and designs shit, but this is kind of the first glimpse of that we've seen. Yeah, and it's, it's really interesting because you don't see many- CEOs do the the like nitty-gritty work the way the Swiss have been said to do and now we got proof of right like Tom and Barton are in the trenches with all of their like engineers and designers and like yeah and it's which you know they're the face and the name of the company I mean that's how they got their money was through their expertise so yeah but it's still like it's really interesting because it really puts into new perspective as to like why some so a family like the uh Darby's right yeah <laughs> I have to try to erase them from my memory <laughs> they're awful I would be jealous because they aren't just a face and a name like some CEOs might be they're well way more and I that. also would counter that with saying it also explains why Susanna later in the episode does what she does yeah so because um, 
and we'll get there again. We'll get we'll there. We'll get there, which is yeah. so interesting. Just right? keep because this, keep this in keep, mind. Yeah. When we get there. <laughs> which also makes me question what is Claire bringing to the table besides nothing? She's food? awful. I literally, my next bullet says Claire is still the worst. I just, because like, if- she even made some lame joke about head bitch in charge. And I was like, who doesn't know what H get go away. You're, she's you're trying, trying like, so she's hard. Trying. Oh, she's going to say she's trying, like she's trying to come back at Tom and she just can't, she should she just can't. stop. And that's the thing. It was like, Tom isn't just a like genius in like the mechanical engineering sense. He's like sharp. He's like, he's witty. He's like, he can do it all, man. And I, I would be so scared if I were Claire because he can cut her down with a phrase. Which is why she does what she does at the end of the episode. At the end, Which yeah. we will get to. <gasps> oh my <laughs> God, Let's get I through all her. this expositional stuff, okay? So uh, Zinzi wants to tell Tom's mom, uh, tell Lorraine about the road back and his dad being alive, but Tom doesn't want to put her in danger. Uh, which again, we come back to this right at the end with his rationale for doing what he does. Um, but uh, Zinzi also points out to Tom that he really has a lot on his plate this episode. And he does. <laughs> and his response is, baby, I'm Tom Swift. Let's go. And she says, you're such a drama queen. Such a drama queen, which he is. He is so, And it's just like, finally someone acknowledges this because the last two episodes they were giving him so much crap for like being in a thousand places at once and i'm like yeah oh my goodness um, uh so they need to come up with a plan uh to get rowan to the summit right because yeah. they need rowan's phone to be able to take the spyware out of barclay and fix barclay and so they head back to tom's house <clears throat> they come up with a plan there, uh, Zinzi is going to get the congressman to come to the summit because obviously he has a thing for Zinzi. And since Rowan rejected Tom, which oof, oof hurts, but Tom has a device that they can use to clone Rowan's cell phone that he created in college to spy on boys. Um, and he needs to get close to Rowan, specifically nine inches away from him. So he can use um, this cloning device. So their plan is to, uh, during this presentation of an augmented reality monocle, to get close to him then. Because at that point, he won't be able to see Tom. He'll be in the augmented reality space. Um, and it was really cool what they did with that. But we'll get to that. I also and it was really cool. And it was I- really neat. If I were Susanna, I would have been like, that would be the thing that make me invest. I, you're not wrong. So we then head to the summit and um, Lino is there. Tom asks him to help get the pin light ready for the sh- uh, champagne. And it's obvious several small times throughout this whole summit that Lino is trying to talk to Tom. Yes. And he just is busy he's just really busy and again comes back to what we said earlier like he's just he's running a company um we see justin is at the summit which is the guy from the pilot that tom like snuck off from the funeral to have sex with justin is back and he and tom have a moment and he offers to help him work the room so to speak he's like i know all these people i can help you you know schmooze them or whatever and tom says 
uh, my phone's been off. So sorry if you've been trying to get a hold of me. And Justin says, I haven't. Rejected twice. Twice. Not that once, but twice. I think and Barclay like- even comments on it. He's like, <laughs> I'll add that to my re- rejection algorithm. And he was like, did you have to say rejection twice, Barclay? <laughs> did you? I think he did. It's Personal. really interesting, right? Where he at, he starts in this episode humbled romantically, and where he ends. Oh yeah, so much <laughs> for the humbling. Like, good job, Justin. You tried. You tried, but you, <gasps> man, you you gave in real fast. <laughs> he did. He did. He, he didn't try that hard. So Susanna's there as expected. Um, she looks just, real cool though, like someone I would want to like. Oh yeah, for sure. And um, you know, and I know she's gonna be one of those like characters that you either like her or you don't like her. Like she's not gonna be one of those universally liked or uh, loved characters. You know who she reminds me of? Tiffany. I could see that. I could I see don't that. Know why. I thought you were gonna say Echo for a second, and I was gonna no, no, no. I was going to yeet you off the closest mountain. No, no, I'm staying within universe. <laughs> Okay, good. I can see that. Yeah. Um, but Tom's trying to make a good impression. And I put she's obviously not going to be an easy sell. And I think they made that clear from the get go. Um, from the beginning. Like, um, but I also could tell from the beginning that she's just a straight shooter. Like she wasn't mean or catty or anything. She was just very succinct to the point. Like and, and honest. I, and like when you have absolutely nothing but your business, right? She, they like made an emphasis to say that like she lost her family real young. Like this is all she has. Like what else are you else gonna? You're and gonna she's do, been like? very successful with it. Yeah, because that's like, but if that's your family's legacy, if that's all that's left of your family, like you're gonna make sure it thrives. Yeah. Um, and she's and I and that kind of makes you the kind of person that she is, right? She's a very straightforward. Uh kind of follows the rules because she this is her entire life like she doesn't really have much else so well and she also trusts her instincts because her instincts have obviously been good to her they've been really good to her which I think is going to be really interesting because like I said I do think she's going to come back and like what that will bring to the table yeah me too but S. Cole and Rowan show up next uh, Claire jumps up on stage in a blatant attempt to try and one-up Tom uh, to announce the first uh, gadget, which is a new moisturizer that blends on contact. It's really cool. I, I would like some. And um, <laughs> it ends really funny, though, because they end with each one of them trying to be the last one to speak. And this leads into next time they come on stage, which we'll talk about later, is like one of my favorite Tom Swift scenes <laughs> I've had. Um, so they've started the summit. Lino comes out. He's finished the pin. He's still trying to talk to Tom. Tom's still too busy. Tom and Justin are making the rounds with investors, looking at different gadgets. Um, and Z notices that the congressman, Escal is leaving. And that's not good, like, because Rowan is with him and they need to be able to clone Rowan's cell phone and they can't do that until the end when they do the AR monocle. And so Zinzi prevents him from leaving by 
laying the flirting on heavily, heavily laying on flirting. Um, and I put Z, just remember, boy is bad. He is bad person because I see, I worry about Zen Z and this is part of my predictions, but, and it has been, so it's not a spoiler of predictions, um, that, you know, Zen Z is definitely going to have to go in undercover with S call. I think that's obvious at this point, but I worry about her not slipping and that, I, it goes back to like what I said last time where I think like there's going to be a human comp being compromised the way Barclay is. And I, part of me is a little like Zen Z's like the best person for the job to, or like has been set up as the person for that for yeah. a variety of different r- reasons because it's either going to be Zen Z or it's going to be Lorraine. Like it's definitely not going to be Isaac. No. Um, and I actually have a theory about who who it will be, but we'll get there. I don't want to spoil it. I have so much of my predictions today. I, I actually have, actually... I feel like this is the first episode I've had real predictions. I see. That's how I felt last episode. I don't have, I don't have much to build on after all of the predictions I had of last episode. Oh, see, I, I don't feel like I had anything last episode. <laughs> But um, you can you can open up predictions and I can just chime in with what I agree yeah. or disagree with you. That that's lovely. So Barclay, meanwhile, this whole time Barclay's security, like the percentage at which he can still um, maintain the firewall, has been dropping. Um, mm-hmm. And once it gets to zero, it's you know bad news bears. And so at this point, it's about halfway out. And so, and there's this real cl- quick clip of Susanna watching Tom from across the room. And I was like, this girl is not fooled at all. At all. Yeah. She can, from the start, you know that she was like, zeroing in on Tom. She's suspicious. She, and what she's suspicious of, we can talk about later, but she's clearly, she like knows he's distracted. <laughs> like he Well, I think be. personally, he would be easy to be suspicious of if I'm someone investing in his company. Cause she even mentions later that she follows him on social media up until his dad's death. It's not like he's been like trying really hard to be serious running a company. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and she we- is an exception, not a rule. Yeah. And I think, and when you're the, especially someone like her, like when you're the exception to a very standard rule of like people your age and like what that means, but like, and whether or not you can run a company. Yeah. It's really hard to be forgiving of of other people following the rule Yeah, because it's like, well, I broke it and it's been great for me. So, uh, you need to get on to my level and you're like, babes, you're extraordinary in ways. Most people aren't. Yeah. Let's see you build some awesome shoes. I bet you can't because Tom's the exception to a different rule. (laughs) Yep. Agreed. So, uh, Lena, we, we check back in with him. He's doing that thing again where he can see people's like nerves. And, um, he tries to tell Tom one last time. And it looks like Tom is finally going to have a moment to listen to him. And then Claire comes up and makes some asshole comment about Tom being late. And so, but Tom still stayed, but Lino at that point felt guilty. And he was like, yeah, no, go in. And I was like, you know what? Fuck you, Claire. No one likes you. 
I just, Claire ruined a brotherly moment where you could tell Tom wanted to be there. And he just, ugh. And like, I, I'm just, I'm ruining the day when Tom realizes what's going on and the guilt, the level of guilt he's going to feel. He's going to feel. We've seen yeah. that Tom carries a lot of burdens that aren't meant to be carried by him because mm-hmm. he's just that kind of person where he's just like, even if I had a small part in it, it's all my fault. And it's just like him not being able, him attempting, but not trying hard enough to be there is going to kill him later. Yeah. Well, so Tom goes in with Claire after Lino says, you know, it's okay. Um, Susanna is where they're meeting. They're meeting with Susanna and I want to say that they're competing for her attention, but not really. She has no interest in Claire. And this made me love her even more because the second Tom came in, she was like, I only have eyes for you. Who who are you? Who are you? Go away. And again, it's those instincts, right? She can tell that Claire is a stand-in and that that she's just there because Tom is distracted. And so she's trying to like gauge how much of, how much is Tom distracted and how much she'll have to lean on Claire and Claire has no personality, which is probably one of the many reasons. And also why. Claire's not going to be able to do anything to innovate the company. Like she's not no. an inventor. Like the Swift company honestly is nothing without a Swift because they're the ones that do, like we said earlier, they do the innovation and that's what that company is about. Is it the innovative technology? You And, and I think it's like, one of the reasons why I think Claire is trying so hard because no one's more hyper aware of all of her faults and how she's falling short than Claire who has been around the Swifts for like she's said 10 years right like she's been it's been a while it's been a while that she's been under Barton and like she's seen what Barton can do and how Tom just swept in and became president of whatever department he was president of and she was VP like she had been there for so long and here comes this 20 year old just and what's sad is I'm sure in her brain she thinks it's not it's um um oh my gosh what a nepotism nepotism thank you I was going I almost said narcissism I was like no that's not it I'm sure she She might think it might be a little bit of that because he does yeah but in reality I mean one it's his family's company so of course there's always gonna be a level of nepotism but also two Tom is where the future is with that company like hit in his mind like so unless she wants to graduate MIT you know 16 years old she needs to check herself before she wrecks it and and we saw how like he is even more ingenious than Barton ever was too, and so like how that that what that could mean for Swift Enterprises if like Tom had the ability to concentrate on that one hundred and ten percent the way I'm sure he would have otherwise. Yeah, maybe debatable. So they're meeting with Susanna, um, and Susanna is all about Tom, uh, Claire there's this really weird scene where Claire is obviously attempting to get into Tom's head by making some comment about Justin. And in my brain, I'm like, I don't think he could care less about Justin. Justin is like some fling like side piece, but he he has a great line. He tells Claire, 
He says, I know you're used to chasing things that don't want you, but we don't do that around here. <laughs> and I'm like, hmm. Because you know what that mind made me, that line makes me think? Does he know that she has feelings for Lorraine? You know what? There's another thing that, that made me think is like, is she closeted? And like, in, in some too. way. because Maybe it's one or the other. One or the other, because... um. Uh, I, and which makes me kind of sad for her actually because that life is hard um you know what for whatever reasons why she may have remained and, positive I mean but. it also could just be talking about the company like chasing, I mean yeah chasing the CEO but I don't know after we saw the Lorraine thing last episode where she obviously has some sort of like it's something twisted. there yeah it's twisted and Tom is an idiot <laughs> and i'm sure and it might be explaining even some of his like really strong dislike for her it's even stronger than you would think of for someone who's just like trying to take his place a a place he doesn't really even want right he's only really doing it out of like obligation and again though i think he also just has good instincts he does and which is like why i feel like him and Susanna would actually be friends if it was like any other day (laughs) (laughs) it's true um but but yeah, like maybe he does know something because I don't know. I just maybe that's I could explain why he dislikes her so much. Being like, I can tell you're being a weirdo for my mom. Yeah, <laughs> he. I think there's there's some level of something there of him understanding or him knowing, and I don't know that she even knows. Or maybe yeah. they had like an incident one time, and they have like a shared secret. And Tom doesn't want to out her because that would be a dick thing to do. It would be an interesting, and it it kind of would be a very fun layer to explore given the prediction I gave last time, which is like Claire's clearly in on it. How far will she go? And will she, where I think she's on my death watch list, right? Where, why will she die if she dies? Like, will she be because she's turning completely for the road back or because of this incident well it flipped her back again to be on the side of the swifts and like what did that mean wait what did you say last week in your prediction or maybe i just thought it and didn't say it but if you guys can listen and tweet at us if i didn't say it and just thought this in my head but i swear i thought i said that like claire's on my death watch list yes we said that we said that and that like whether or not she will be someone who flips that they can use as a spy later on Maybe. did i not say that Maybe I, I just I, thought I put it. something i put something like similar to that in my predictions this week oh I, I don't remember i might have just thought it in my head maybe no hey you probably did and i'm just like <laughs> it's fine but tom is nervous about the closing ceremony and z is consoling him Tom and Claire go up to the stage and this is that part I was talking about this like my favorite part of like so Tom has cut off her mic it's so great so that he is the first one to speak and I love him so much because this was just it was wonderful to see her face when she realizes that he has cut her mic off it was wonderful so he introduces the augmented reality it's wonderful. It's awesome. The marching band was super cool. Uh, Zinzi gives Escal and Rowan theirs for some more. And it's so effective, though, that even Zinzi gets distracted. 
like it's uh, Tom amazed. is like, did it work? Can you see me? And Zinzi's like, oh my gosh, <laughs> happening. And so, but you realize like when she takes her glasses off, everything's just normal. And so it's working, right? They can't see Tom. Tom gets close to Rowan. He does get a clone of his cell phone, but not before he's almost caught by some guy who reacts to the AR and like spills his drink on Tom's blazer. And then Rowan takes his monocle off, but Tom is already back on stage. So he is able to get the clone during the AR segment. Um, That's probably the coolest gadget I think we've seen. When I saw that and I wrote it down, I was like, the visuals are so cool. Who comes up with this shit? (laughs) Like in the writer's room, like who's like... AR AR is like... um, the uh, ugly stepchild often ignored little sister of VR. Yeah. And so I love, I love that they went with AR. Like, cause it would have been so easy for them to do VR. Right. Yeah. And then it, they would have been even more immersed and like, it wouldn't have been a question of whether or not they could see Tom and like, and then they could have done AR with full glasses, but they're not like, no, it would be even more impressive if it were a monocle. A monocle. And I'm like, man, I just, you know, that's great. That's why I have like the question, kind of like the same way I'm like amazed by certain, the, some of the, like the ghost stories and like paranormal creatures I have on Nancy Drew. When, when it comes up with the, like these gadgets that so seamlessly both wow us with like the ingenuity of it all, but also help build tension and be used in a very dynamic way for storytelling is just like when you're in the writer's room uh, like whose idea or how like do they have someone with an with like an engineering electronic expertise in there or like how I just my mind is just blown by the artistry of like these buildups of of behind some of this stuff like they've come up with because the imagination it takes to like think of these things beyond me i i agree and so if there are any tom swift writers that are uh listening give us a give us a shout let us yeah, know give, how let that us goes know. truly i am like in awe of some of the things that they've come up with um, and how they've used them in in very original ways. Yeah, very very original. So Barclay's percentage is getting even lower. Tom is able to get into Rowan's phone, but then there is a very unexpected and almost unnecessary extra level of uh, security. Uh, they need his DNA to unlock it. Uh, Isaac offers to nick him with a knife. That was also a funny moment this episode that had me cackling. Um, And, um, but they go, they get disrupted because it's time to take out the champagne for the ending of the summit. They go to prepare the champagne. Barclay's percentage is dropping. And it was a very effective way to build tension throughout this whole summit, having Barclay announce his percentage as it's going down and then here in these last couple of bits it's just getting more progressively like it's faster right it's progressing yeah. more quickly um but as they go to do the champagne claire has tom's pen light and she claims that he 
dropped it and that she had found it and had been keeping it for safekeeping. And then it just so happens that when we use the pen light, now it's been sabotaged by someone and it's not working anymore. And luckily he's able to, you know, figure out, you know, how to fix it. Um, but he goes to confront Claire and he's like, I know you sabotaged my pen. Um, and it's just like, why do you try? Like, this is the thing that about that, that really annoyed me. I mean, I've clearly Claire did it and I understand why she did it, but also I'm like baffled as to why she's here. She, they need the money for investors and she's going to sabotage the thing that's going to get them investors. <laughs> like, how is that? smart in any capacity like there won't there won't be no company to run claire what the fuck and and that's just another layer of like she's at this point jeopardizing her own future out of jealousy which makes no sense and goes against who she her own person which goes with what i said before like where are her boundaries and how much is she going to push them and she's clearly going outside her own comfort zone because she cares about swift enterprises even if it's odd or even if we think it's makes us uncomfortable as viewers because she cares a little maybe a little too much but um I'm like why are you jeopardizing the thing you're fighting for so like so what if you win like there's gonna be nothing left that's so stupid but also my other thought is you had it why wouldn't you do you not think Tom could fix it like he created the thing yeah, I don't think she was thinking it all the way through. I think she was thinking with her, like, irrational brain. Like, she was, anything that could make him look bad is what she was trying to do. Like, she wasn't thinking about long-term effects or outcomes. Yeah, and I and the way it ended, it made, made more sense because if she if she had that plan already in her back pocket, she just needed to make him look irresponsible in any capacity but at the moment we didn't know that we didn't know that till the end so I'm like thinking this is so stupid of her and clearly Tom fixed it yep which you know is is not unexpected yeah at this point though Barclay is at five percent and Tom freaks out he leaves Claire at the summit for her to do the final presentation by herself and texts Rowan something that will get him to meet him in his lab. And so he confronts Rowan. Rowan's like, you're going to get me killed because the road back is no joke. They fight. It's obviously not a fight because Rowan could obviously kill him if he wanted to. <laughs> um, it was sexy, though. <laughs> it was. Uh, Rowan uh, and Tom's like, can I trust you? And Rowan's like, no. And Tom almost throws himself off the second story to prove that Rowan is not going to, like, hurt him. And he's right. Rowan catches him. But still, let's not play with your life, sweetie. Let's not do that. It's so so dumb. But, like, the setup, that scene setting up the, the ending of Rowan in this episode is fascinating to me. That this, like, from this moment to the end, because it clear, ugh, there's so many layers here to undo and you don't know who has the leg up in this moment. You don't know if Rowan knows something. You still don't know by the end of the episode. We don't. And I think it's so interesting because it starts here where they each think they won. Um, but And us as an audience are 
think it's Tom for a minute and then you get to the end and you're and you're like oh maybe it's not Tom and we're unsure and I think it's so smart and clever and I'm so excited for episode four yes I I agree with all the things that you just (laughs) said um but he does tell Tom and I did think this was wise of him he's like you've got to start focusing on the bigger picture basically the robot doesn't care about like new smartphones and things like they literally want to turn back the like the clock the dial yeah to, yeah to when a time when people like them were in charge and i'm like so in 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 my brain right um the when people like them were in charge so is this like just talking about males in general or is this talking like a specific race like is this just like white people or like that's a great question um and i'm like, and my other thought it's a great thought because magicians I, like are we like, talking about a time where like people were afraid of magic and and magic was revered are we talking about a time where it's like um i don't know it's just it's a really really interesting question another thing that really got me all twisted was like aren't they still in charge isn't that the point of them don't they have like yes they're still in charge in their back they don't they don't want it to be they don't want to hide in the shadows anymore i'm assuming but like i i'm assuming it's not just i i think it's like men because remember they hated women um i don't think it's any specific race because i because well rowan works for them like he but that's another question you have to ask yourself why why is he working for them and why is he so loyal and maybe there's more to it than that like do we know um and like is that why the swiss are an enemy number one it's because they're just black important rich people who have a lot of influence and power like we don't we don't know and they don't have anything on them so they can't get yeah so like (laughs) so like we is that why um and I'm thinking of the society right how I thought maybe it's like an anti-road back society where it's like what if it's a group of black people fighting for liberation in any way and maybe it's like an allegory of sorts like that and like yeah so I had like this line had me thinking (laughs) my brain was working I I was too in this moment (laughs) because I was just like you know you know where is this going to go and of course, you know, you and I, if if you haven't watched Nancy Drew, you know less about the road back than like we Teresa do. and I do. Yeah. Um, so if you'd like to know more about them, uh, they're introduced, I think, in season two of Nancy Drew is when they I first have- come around. It was, remember, because season three we thought was going to be the road back. And then it wasn't. Weren't they Celia introduced in the Celia end? Celia was one? season two. Oh, see, it was season two. Never mind. You're right. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, I mean, it, that that's some homework for you if you want to know more about them, like with the whole history of them hating women and like all that jazz. But he does warn Tom, like, if you don't start looking more globally at this problem, then everybody you love is going to die, um, which is already playing into Tom's insecurities that he had at the beginning of this episode, with telling his mom and getting his mom involved. Yeah, another thing he really that like I said, I paused the episode uh after this interaction. There was so much here. Um 
another thing he said is like you need to stop thinking about winning the battle and start thinking about the war like, i think that's like the language he said that was I, yeah i was just paraphrasing yeah like, but like something different something that came to mind while he said that was um the idea of tom being unwilling to lose barclay so he might uh, yeah. lose the which war, which was a battle, which was a battle, and he wasn't thinking about what it would mean on a bigger scale if he if he had just sacrificed Barclay from the start. Then this whole and even episode, then he wouldn't be sacrificing. Bar- he'd still have Barclay. It's yeah, just it Barclay would, wouldn't have his memories. Yeah, he would be a different Barclay, and yeah. so it was just like a really interesting thing, right? Because right after this we saw how he was playing rowan to get that dna sample to win the battle <laughs> and he technically at least in this moment we assume he he won the battle and that like it's flipping for his, their favor at the end of this particular and then he lost a different battle but and then he lost a different battle because he- but i also think this highlights what makes tom tom as a leader versus what makes his dad elite because yeah. I feel like Barton for sure would have just like no wipe Barclay yeah just like, get rid of from him. the get-go um but Tom they've gone out of their way to really highlight that Tom is different and that Tom is more emotional and doesn't allow that to be a weakness yeah and it's not right because there's the implication right because Barclay kept all his memories Barclay is a friend and now they can use him as a vessel to be like for espionage and like give feed false information and things like that which is like a really interesting layer but I just it really is like it's the question of what's worth the greater good and is sacrifice okay morally on some level if it means you win the war for the greater good and I think it's a really interesting moral dilemma that Tom hasn't really confronted before um and he's I mean I'm so worried for him because he's so young I don't want him to confront this question (laughs) because he's so good yeah but he's gonna have to yeah so eventually we are rearing down that road but he kisses Rowan using the bioadaptive cream and is able to get Rowan's DNA. It was a great kiss, by the way. I know the Justin scene later was also good, but the Rowan one was my favorite. So there was just um, so much tension and build up, you know? (laughs) Yes. But I love that we had to wait like three seasons for Nancy and Ace to kiss. And like, they still haven't even actually kissed. (laughs) Sorry. Spoiler alert. Anyways, so Tom is able to fix Barclay. Barclay says, I am exceptional. And I was like, oh, yeah, I love you. Uh, so anyways, uh, Isaac is happy that Tom is successful, but upset with his risk taking, which is very in character for him. Very Isaac. <laughs> and he runs into Lino. And so Lino confides in Isaac. Finally, he tells somebody what's happening and that he knows that it was happening to his mom before his mom disappeared and walks out of his life. And he just wishes he could talk to her to figure maybe she could help him, like, with what's happening. Um, Lorraine finds Tom uh, and Susanna finds Tom. And she tells Tom 
she's not investing in Swift Enterprises anymore. Uh, Tom essentially let her down. He walked away from an opportunity to connect with his like shareholders, his company. And that's something that she would never do. And she's like, I'm not here to see Claire. Like, I'm here to see you. It's Swift Enterprises. Your name is Tom Swift. My trust is in, was my family's trust was with Barton. And therefore now it is with you. And this is what I was going back to earlier was she's not wrong. Like, cause without the Swifts, there is no Swift Enterprises. Yeah. Claire's not going to be able to do what Tom can do. He's the genius. And so he is the smart investment, not Claire. Claire could go out there and run any company she wanted to, and it would still probably have the same outcome because all she she's prepackaged, right? She's a CEO who has like a, a an MBA, probably, right? But yeah, and I'm and I'm Tom, sure she'd be a great CEO for yeah, that's what company. I'm saying. <laughs> but what makes Tom's company so special and what makes it something worth investing in is their innovation. Um, and I thought. When she said this, I know, like, even even my friends that were watching it with me, oh, no, I was like, well, I mean, she's not wrong. Yeah. Like, and it's- I, if she's being smart with her money, which obviously she is because she's, you know, tripled her parents, you know, wealth since they died, like, then she recognizes that this is not smart. He's not ready to run a company. Like when my parents died, I was ready. I stepped into it. And she more than anyone knows the commitment that it takes takes. to make a company like that successful. And if he's not going to be invested in it, she's not going to invest in him. And she is incredibly smart for that. And I am team Susanna. You can all come for me in my DMs, but I like her. I think that and I have you know I have her in my predictions too I think she will come back but I also think that Tom needed to hear it yeah and it's it one lands differently when it's coming from someone like Susanna than it would be like his mom's been telling him that but it's like that's his mother and like Claire's been telling him that but like that's Claire she's a super bitch yeah and so it lands a little differently, but I'm also like really interested, right? Because I wonder like if Claire were here, whether she would take that as a victory for her or as a loss, because it clearly means that she's not worthy of leading swift enterprises. And if she leads, then it's probably a detriment to the company because no one cares for Claire. Um, Right. She can't bring anything to the table. So her whole arc, her whole story about her wanting to leave this company, right, because she's invested so much time and energy into it. And she feels like she deserves it, that no one can do a better job for her is literally a moot point. Because if she takes Barton's place, it is the end of Swift, Swift Enterprises, because no one, people are there for the Swifts. Yeah. So instead of doing the smart thing, the actual thing is helping Tom ease his responsibilities. And still have a huge role in the company. Yeah, which is like the smarter play. She's trying to like get in his way and make his life and job harder in every turn. 
and and there are moments that she's not going to be successful in. Yeah, and it's like, and there are moments where Tom still succeeds despite all that, and it's like really impressive to watch as an audience member. But when she wins, even slightly, it's like you get so frustrated with Claire and with Tom a little bit, and you're like, "Girl," because she's being a total idiot. Yes, and I understand that. I understand being upset by Susanna not investing. But I'm also understanding of where Susanna is coming from. Yeah, I'm not mad at Susanna at all. And like she, she's dropping all the truth bombs. She is. It's like I'm more frustrated with the fact that Claire went out of her way to make Tom's life harder because if she was even a re- remotely helpful to him, he, he might have been able to be more present and be able to woo Susanna. But because she had to fuck it up, for her own goddamn reasons Susanna did a smart thing for herself even if like I'm upset on Tom's behalf right I understand where she's coming from I'm not mad at her I'm just it just makes me more mad at Claire to be honest yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure so um, but yeah this yeah. one hurt <laughs> yeah so but the the other frustrating part is right he can't tell Lorraine why like he can't oh. tell her like, well, I left because they were trying to compromise Barclay and dad might die. And like, because if he told her that, you know, her husband, she's, she is not taking it well, her husband's death. Mm-mm. And like, if she were to find out he's still alive and then he ends up dying anyways, she's having to go through that trauma twice. And so Tom doesn't want to do that to her. Yeah. And, and so he makes up something about, well, and I don't even know, this is probably coming from a place of truth also. Yeah, it was uh, about too honest, too real yeah, for it not About to be. him making the plane that blew up and the, yeah, so. Yeah, it was, there is a, a seed of honesty there because I was like, no way. But it wasn't the truth. Good. It wasn't the It wasn't the truth, truth, but it wasn't a lie. A lie. Um, it was halfway there. And I think it's a really interesting lie that he chose to go this route because clearly, while Lorraine's a, I'm not going to say she's a bad mother. She's a good mother. She cares for her children. Um, she's just going through grief as she should. Like she, she also lost somebody. And so she is a little disconnected because she's in her own feelings and that's totally normal. And like, if they all just went to therapy, I think it'd be a lot better well and i mean they can't right now because he's hiding so many things from her yeah yeah but like the thing that like i hadn't even thought about this but like for lorraine she still thinks that tom's ship is the reason why her husband died yeah and so like Like, and i had forgotten that like she doesn't even know that there was a bomb like she thinks it was was yeah she thought it was a ship so there's a level of anger towards her own son which is why I'm saying that like yeah her disconnect makes absolute sense and it's like a total genuine real grounded reaction to have for a death the way the way Barton died in quotations right I'm not mad at her for that I just think it's a really interesting and that's why I'm saying she's not a bad mother she's a good mother she loves her children um, and she wants what's best for them and she's trying so hard to guide them in a really difficult situation yeah, I do think I felt the moment I got mad at her in this interaction was um, when she said she thought Tom would step up better because he'd be under less pressure. Yeah, I think because a, he uh, she almost implied that he was happy his dad had died, which is just a really interesting 
thing to say because like I understand you're disconnected from the world right now because you're grieving and you have anger and you have shame and you may even have a little bit of guilt for how things were left off for whatever reason right for continuing on without your partner but to put to make that to put that on your son no matter your reasoning is like a step too far <laughs> like the assumption that you think that Tom would one feel freer without his father when you have taken up the role very well might I add to pressure Tom to be something that he's not since that death from like day one like Lorraine really stepped up into her Barton shoes okay <laughs> um and I mean that in a loving way because she feels like that's what what's do right they step up and she's been trying to be very understanding of Tom but she has added pressure to Tom in ways that he's not ready for because he's also grieving yeah but I, I just oh Lorraine I have so many questions and well the- and then Lorraine we get more layers of her because the very next scenes are her back at the mansion yeah and where Isaac wants to find her sister and she's like we don't talk about my sister and my brain's like we don't talk, talk about, about no. yeah exactly I did too um but anyways so she shuts that down right and of course we get that small clip of Isaac and he's obviously going to find her anyways. Yeah. Uh, but then Claire walks in and uses that susceptibility stuff, uh, the sleep stuff, to get her to, to get Lorraine to sign a document that basically says that sh- Claire can supervise Tom. Like, she'll have discretionary approval over all of his Swift Enterprises requests. And, I, and I'm just like... That's so stupid. Lorraine... Well, yeah, we'll get to that in a little bit. And But Lorraine is trying so hard that she is not... Like, for all the people in this show to give Tom shit for being emotional, right? Tom, like, Lorraine is very obviously missing a huge blind spot because of emotion. Yeah, because of Claire and because she thinks Claire is her friend, like you know what I mean. So it that seems, adds seems another interesting layer. Yeah, um, and it's and it's another thing that like clearly, and I think part of the the dynamics here is that but Lorraine and Barton show clear signs of like repressed emotions. They're emotionally stunted. They're like their EQ isn't that high. Um, they make up for it in their IQ, but uh, they're clearly yeah. missing some points uh, when it comes to emotion here. Um, it's just really interesting, right? Because they're, they're clearly so repressed, which is a form of letting your own emotions or your lack of emotions cloud your judgment because you're not, you don't have a healthy relationship with them. And um, they think it's the opposite and I and it's just like really fascinating to watch in this like layer of um how she's clearly so out of touch because of her own grief and how she's weaponized Tom's grief as a way to justify her whether or not she is under you know she's she's like almost hypnotized because of the the cream right so take this with a grain of salt but um to to like 
justify her decision to allow Claire to have supervision of Tom, which is actually a detriment to Swift Enterprises, as we've discussed thoroughly the last three episodes of how Claire- I was going to say, though, I don't know that she actually justifies anything. Like, because this cream that she's using is making her highly suggestible. Like, so I, w- I wouldn't even say she's justifying it because I, I think. No, I, yes and no, because we did see that Tom, no matter whether or not it's just a half truth, it's still truthful to an extent. Her saying that his confirmation or this confirmation Tom has just given her is all the confirmation she needs to really solidify that he is not ready. That might be into- true. But the whole, like, giving permission to, like, supervise him, there's no awareness there. Like, she doesn't even remember what happened last time. Like, so I don't think she's going to remember this either. And I I think that's what's going to come back to bite Claire in the ass. And the ass. And, you know. That's a good point. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Yeah, okay. Um, Tom is happy Barclay's back. He realizes he scuffed his shoes. He's sad. But then he's happy. Because he goes downstairs and Justin is waiting for him naked on a motorcycle. I put, okay. Um, He has champagne. And they're like, who needs glasses when we have mouths? (laughs) And then he says, come here, tech daddy. And I died. I died on my couch. Me and both of my friends. We all died. We're like, (laughs) oh my gosh. That whole sequence. And they made it. And they made it into a gif. It was it was wonderful. <laughs> but I, I literally, though, I was holding it together until he said, come here, tech daddy. And then I was like on the floor. I was like, <laughs> are you serious? So the last shot we have is on the congressman's plane. And Rowan is there. And he tells Eskel that they didn't get in with Barclay. But that he has found another way in and interestingly enough i don't think that's tom i mean it would make sense because that would be way too obvious (laughs) i think i think it's Zinzi. so anywho that was it that's the end of the episode all right on our gadget count for the week So our gadget count um, is we had six new gadgets this episode, which means it's like we're on an exponential growth here. Um, This episode's a little special because we had the summit. So we had like four new gadgets just in the the small sequence of like them introducing new things to like their investors and stuff. So it's like a lot of new gadgets. But we had the pen, we had the rec- the cloning device, we had um, the cre- the skin cream, the, um, what else did we have? Monocle. The monocle, which was like the coolest thing ever. Uh, there was a smartwatch shown. There was the texting. The transcription device. The transcription yeah. device thing. That was six. That's six. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't really keeping track. I'm glad you were. yes i was okay um so yeah we did we had a lot of we had a lot of gadgets we had a lot of new gadgets i i wonder um if we're gonna like slow down a little bit if we'll see repeats of some of these gadgets throughout the episodes we haven't really i mean the shoes have come back but um 
we haven't really seen repeats of stuff I would really like to see that that like camera thing back the little the selfie camera the selfie camera the nude selfie camera <laughs> Any um, and I'm sure Justin would agree with me that he would also like to see that come back you're not wrong um but yeah that's and it's like a it's 16 total then we had 16 and three episodes this is definitely going to be a ghost sighting situation yeah it's going to be a lot of ghost sightings or like maybe a lot of ghosts like in season two there were so many ghosts or paranormal entities yeah because because we expanded from just ghosts (laughs) okay uh there were no nancy drew references this uh this episode so let's move on to ratings On a scale of one to five tech daddies. <laughs> it was the best part of the episode. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was. I gave it a 4.3. So I gave it a 4.25. We were so close. Again, uh, this is definitely my favorite of the first three episodes. It's a good one. Um, I'm interested to see like if Susanna come back, comes back. I really liked her. And like, um, maybe like as part of like a season ending, like redemption type thing. Um, I I I thought about it too. I think it'd be, it'd be a nice way to like close that. Right. Um, but also I feel like the characters are starting to feel more defined as individuals, Mm -hmm. which is making it so, and like, we talked about this during the pilot episode, you know, it's always hard the first couple of episodes until you get your grounds and the characters get their grounds. Um, I'm starting to finally be able to watch the episode and not think too much, which yeah, is you, great. There, you can feel like the writers are finding their footing um, of like what what they want the show to feel and be. Um, well, like, and so are viewers, right? We are yeah. too. Like it's like, oh, I kn- I know who these characters are without having to think who was he again or like what did they do like they have an identity in my brain now. Yeah, so when Isaac, they're cementing, yeah. Yeah, so like when Justin walked on screen at the party at the summit, I was like, oh, it's Justin. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I think it's also taken, and it's, and we've talked about this before, like the, the, both the advantages and disadvantages of being a spinoff where I'm finally kind of trying or disconnecting it from what I expect based on Nancy Drew as someone who watched that show. Um, and like, and it's like reminding myself constantly, like, like this is its own thing. And though they do a really, really good job structurally and and storytelling wise and the narration to really have its distinct voice, like it's a spinoff. You're always going to compare and contrast. And so, like three episodes in, I'm it's finally finding its its footing, and it's I, and I as a watcher, I'm finally disconnecting it completely. When I think of Tom Swift, my immediate thought isn't Nancy Drew universe, right? It's like, yeah, I'm watching a Tom Swift episode. Yep, for sure. <clears throat> um, is it still going to be cool when we get Nancy references? For sure, absolutely. For like, sure. that's and an we'll advantage. Go- <gasps> I just yeah, you're getting really dog. excited. I just scared my and, dog. But but the thing is, it's going to be like when I watch season four of Nancy Drew, I'm going to also be looking for Tom Swift references. So it's like, for oh. sure, for sure. <laughs> All right. So let's get into predictions. Uh, does that mean you want me to go first then? Or did you want to go first? Or It does not matter to me. I don't have as many. Okay. I'll get mine done then. Okay. So um, I don't think that Rowan is going to betray Tom. 
um i well i don't think that he was referring to tom at the end but um even if um rowan goes into this whole situation thinking that he's going to betray tom he's not going to he's not going to be able to that's i said this too i do think rowan's gonna flip (laughs) yeah and i know we've said that pretty much every episode every episode like every time he like re-cements himself as like this villainous character i'm like oh what a cute little puppy like yeah <laughs> yeah you're a villain that's so and another cool. thing that like has me thinking um like uh, whether it, it, I'm, he's definitely going to be by the end going to be on tom swift's team like he's going to be a swifty or a swifter like what did we degree, agree on Swifty, swifty um with a twifty twifty um I do think another thing that kind of crossed my mind is a possible thing that could happen is that he is already undercover and we just don't know it yet. That he's already playing maybe both was, sides. Maybe he was implanted into the road back by Barton. Yeah, like I that's another thing that crossed my mind because he's 100% not going to betray Tom. So like if he doesn't flip, it means that he was on their side from the beginning. That's an official prediction. I think he was put into the road back by Barton. Yep. Yeah. As part of the Tubman social group. The secret society working against the road back. I'm more and more convinced that that's what it is. Yep. We're just going to go with it until they tell us otherwise. <laughs> that's what we're thinking the Tubman social group is. So um, Lino and his mom. Uh, it's definitely something genetic, right? Because it passed from from her to him. To him, um, yeah. I said it would be great if it had something to do with Tom and social group because that would be that's what I thought reason one I thought like it's clearly genetic because he got it from his mom but another thing that really crossed my head is that she didn't get it genetically that they experimented on her and then she yes. passed it on <laughs> yes okay cool because that's what I said too okay um, we are and, on the same wavelength here and I said there's there's either uh, there's a couple of possibilities right because Lorraine didn't want to talk about her so either um, she was taken by the road back, right? So she was removed by the road back um, or the Swifts have her in hiding themselves from the road back, mm-hmm. uh, trying to keep her away from them or she is the road back. And part of her, that whatever she has was experimenting by the road back and therefore they took her away from her sister took lino away from her sister to get her away from that but they didn't realize that it would pass down to lino lino those are couple all great. Of possibilities there's there. a couple of possibilities something that crossed my mind i did i did think of some of those another thing that crossed my mind to just like add to the handful of possibilities of why she's gone is that she didn't volunteer to be experimented on and just left as a, as a way to like, I'm done with you. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't want any to do with any of this. This is your problem, not my problem. And she left thinking, well, they have resources I don't have. So Lena would be better off with my sister, not knowing that he's, she's leaving a son with the same similar ability and what the implications of that, whether or not the road back know of it or what the society, the, the Tugman society would do when they find out. I want it to be something like she's hiding from the road back and that's why she left Lena because she didn't want him to be in danger. Yeah. 
Um, another thing that crossed my mind is that like she's against the road back. She's against the methods of the Tugman Society. So she's forming her own thing in that stinging dress. So she left Lino. Yeah, maybe. Um, so the Claire thing, I said the Claire's definitely gonna get what's coming to her. Absolutely. Um, if, I don't if she, she doesn't, I will cut I don't it. think um so Lorraine's not gonna remember signing this contract. And so once she realized this this contract is in place and that apparently she's the one that signed it, all roads are going to lead back to Claire, to Claire. And then it's going to end up with Claire getting the boot from Swift Industries, which then leaves the road back to come in and scoop her up as a an inside person, not as like um like a double agent, but as a source, right? On the information. Just being like she's um, like, like but I don't, and it, much like with the Barclay thing, I, it's not going to draw out for a really long time either because it's only 10 episodes this season. And so at first I was like, wow, that's really ballsy of her to do that, knowing that eventually Lorraine's going to figure out that she signed a contract she doesn't remember signing. But then I'm like, well, they kind of need to move the story along quickly anyway. So, and it, I mean, it makes sense. We saw this whole episode, she just made dumb decisions out of desperation. Desperation makes idiots of us all. And she, she fell victim to that. She lost, and, and to bring this back to Rowan, which is, I think, a, the theme of the episode, right? Don't win the battle, win the war. She won this battle. Yeah. But she's going to lose the war as a repercussion because yep. she is an idiot. Yeah, she she is. Um, and but. so I think it's really interesting because I clearly think she's not making it out of life for this season. And I think, I think I'm going to, this wasn't written down, but I'm going to agree with your prediction that she will get caught. She will lose her position. She will go to the road back. She will spill. She will realize that was a mistake and she will die. The road back will kill her. Rowan made it Either very that, clear. Or she's going to die trying to redeem herself. Yeah. I mean, the road back made it very clear that they are on, they're unafraid of death and bloodshed and they will kill their own as much as they will kill the enemy. So, yeah. And Claire is both in this moment. <laughs> so. Yeah. My only other prediction was the Zinzi thing, with the congressman. So go ahead. Okay. Um, the other the other thing, well, I mean, we talked about the sister. Um, I want to add the congressman uh, on my death watch list. Um, I don't think he's as important to this plot as he's making himself appear. I think he's just <laughs> the face. And I think that's going to have consequences because clearly, um, I, I do agree, Zens is probably going to go undercover whether or not that means she slips up, if they turn her on. So I did mention before that I thought you know, one of them is compromised unknowingly um, and what that means, right? But um, I, do mean, I do think that it means that they're going to fail. Clearly, they're going to fail to some degree by the end of the episode or the end of the season. And I think the congressman's going to lose his head because of it. Um, they're going to paint it as a no tragedy. valuable. Yeah, he won't be necessary. Um, I do think he will be killed the other thing that that you didn't talk about that brought that I wrote down was um Justin I'm starting to get fishy vibes yeah I had mentioned that in the pilot episode yeah I and I haven't was, mentioned it again since then since then and I'm starting to be like 
he went from, and it could have been just a ploy, right, to say to appear cooler than he is, and then how des- desperate he wasn't. He didn't want to appear desperate to Tom. Um, but going from I didn't text you to let me just help you to just showing up in his room. See, I took it as um I mean, I still think he's going to end up being a pawn. I just think that right now he's coming from a genuine emotional place where he like actually likes Tom mm-hmm. and like you said was trying not to be like too desperate. I don't I but do then once he... Tom brushes him off, again, that's where he is valuable as an as an as an asset. Yeah. I think um he was the one that you could argue he did it unknowingly, but he's the one that led Tom to the road back. And I'm starting to think that was on purpose. <laughs> Maybe. Um, but I do think part of him likes Tom. I mean, Tom's a very likable, very flirty individual. But I do, I'm starting to get vibes um, that he may not be as innocent looking as he appears um and whether or not how involved in the road back he is up in the air um he might just be a very low level minion who doesn't even have a lot of information just does what he is told and he might just really enjoy this assignment maybe so maybe so um the and then there was this one thought that was more of a comment i didn't put it under predictions but i did want to mention it i think it's really interesting that they've set up kind of like a rich kids club kids stepping up and taking over their parents companies with yeah that is interesting that is because um, this is Susanna's I mean after Tom right you That's have three, three yeah three billionaire children uh well, show... I mean, billi- <laughs> well the children of billionaires are gonna hang out with the children of of billionaires, billionaires. but but just the like way... the children of teachers are gonna hang out with the children of <laughs> teachers. other teachers so but no it's just the way they've been setting it up of like it almost feels like an arsenal of resources at tom's disposal um or at least building up to that and like not so much suzanne i but this is the thing i do think she's gonna come back and i do think she likes tom she just doesn't trust tom with her finances which is fair which is fair yeah and that that's um, okay you don't have to and i like I, I wonder what i do think tom's gonna woo her so we'll see we that's will. just more I of like a, a comment than a prediction because i do yeah. think the two of them are gonna come mm-hmm. back right the the billionaires club the billionaire children's club i don't know what to call it but Team Susanna. Team Susanna. all right he's way cooler than the other guy what's his name oh he can suck it all right so that is all we have for you guys this week make sure that you give us a follow on social media you can find me at Slowburn mac on twitter and you can find Teresa also on twitter Yes, on Twitter and on Instagram, though I'm hardly on Instagram. Uh, you can find me at T-E-R-E underscore D-V-95. You can also find the podcast show at Making a Drood on Instagram and on Twitter. Um, again, we're mostly on Twitter, but <laughs> we try to post on Instagram on occasion. But uh, we'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, if you'd reach out to us, DM us. 
uh leave us a review on apple Podcasts or a rating we'd really appreciate it um and let us know how you're enjoying tom cruise uh almost a tom cruise tom Smith. <laughs> um yeah if you guys have your own predictions or disagree with us did you yes, see tom predictions Pratt? especially um we love or- hearing other people's predictions yeah but also just like what do you like about the show um this is a newer show so we're trying to get some hype up for it um so make sure you're sharing on all your social media platforms how much you like the show and until next time we'll catch you later droots bye